We have been blessed by solid gold question asker, Patreon supporter, and journeyman to the stars. Doctor of the universe. Burke. Burke. <laughs> who has come to us with many a gift. And so I just want to say cheers to this fortuitous meeting. Burke, what are these called? These are uh, cinnamon toast crunch shots. They're just fireball and horchata. <laughs> it's fine. I'm going to throw up on the mic. Do it. Do it. <laughs> oh, delicious. Oh, God. Horchata is so foamy. <laughs> it's so creamy. It's really more frothy <laughs> if you think about it. Honestly, it's better than straight fireball. No. <laughs> it cuts it cuts through the sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it cuts the cuts the sharpness of Quit the making it good. It's not, you idiots. I it's mean just I said it was an improvement on fireball. Just milky I didn't say it was good. It's just milky fireball is what that was. Well, anyway, we're appreciative of Burke. Love him so much, though. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And let's get the show started. Hey, everybody. I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we have six conversations. Drink six cocktails? Cocktails today. Uh, Mix Master Burke's in the house. Put in a he's, he's going to make us some cocktails. So we're, we're really off the reservation here. Uh, we also have conversations and rate them on a five-point scale. Far less important. So we're going to rate cocktails on a five-point scale, five, I yeah. assume. Um, yeah, definitely. And yeah, we don't really have much of a pre-party. This will probably be after Moon City. Coming. I don't know where we are, honestly, in terms of like where this, this will be September. Oh yeah, no, we we we're doing nothing. Yeah, I guess, I guess oh, what's yeah. coming up is Halloween. So enjoy your All Hallows Eve. There, <laughs> spooky. There it is. Ghosts. In, in end of announcements. <laughs> Halloween coming. Uh, well, it's not the end though, because we need. We need a rating system. We do need a rating system. Cocktails? Cocktails. Yeah. That what, that's what people come to the Mix 6 for. So They're cocktail we're recommendations. We're extremely on brand. I, I, like, <laughs> I like that you flew in and just totally mixed the whole thing up. Yeah. You were like, hey, you're shit. Fuck that. The and you brought cocktails. Is if you can be honest to my face with the rating system. 100%. Okay, I need you to know that this could go very poorly. You heard, him, you heard him drink the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. Like, you could yeah. have imagined that going worse. Uh, you know, it, when I'm processing and I'm planning a recipe in my head, right. I never think that somebody just wouldn't like milk. Right. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Here's, here's the thing about milk. I'm okay with milk. Mm -hmm. I just don't really care for it unless it's chocolate. Sure. Or any time. Horchata is like flavorful and sweet. No, That's yeah, like it definitely milk. was kind of eggy. I agree yeah. with you on that. Anyways, uh, we're rating cocktails in this. Welcome to Spencer's Palette. That's exactly Hi. right. Yeah, you've heard about it probably. I you know. thought you escaped Food Month, but uh, <laughs> it's eternal. <laughs> we're really gonna have to do this shit every week. Month. Is Infrastructure Week? Every month is Food <laughs> Month. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Mix Six. Anyways, um, we're gonna rate things based on an experience that uh, I collectively got to share with a few of you, namely Maddie, the other evening. Um, Thanks to some creative internetting uh, on Burke's behalf, uh, I got to watch some old episodes of Legends of the Hidden Temple the other evening. And it's been 20 years, more than that, since I watched Legends of the Hidden Temple. And in my head, I really loved that show. And then with my eyes, I watched that show. So I don't <laughs> love it anymore. <laughs> but uh, Brandy 
out of nowhere just starts having strong opinions about any of the teams, not knowing who the kids are, just based on the colors and the animals. No, their their personalities are overridden by the teams. Yeah, that's exactly right. By their right. totemic representation. And so yesterday I said, hey, I'm going to use a rating system based on the types of animals uh, and the teams on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, you want to help me rate these? And she's like, yeah. And she was wrong about a lot of it. So this is a mashup of like <laughs> some of Brandy and some of my assessment of the Legends of the Hidden Temple teams. So one, a cocktail that Burke just royally fucks up today. Uh, that's going to be the Silver Snakes. Uh, they're terrible. They're awful. It doesn't matter what color they're in. It's still a snake. No pits, no massages, no nothing. SS is the abbreviation of that. that. You don't a, want that. No. Get, yeah. Stay away from that's that That's a bad show. acronym. Uh, a two, so slightly better, still not great. And this was, I think, because they were horrible at this game on the episode we watched, is the orange iguanas. Hey, but they fucking kind of violated the alliteration rule. Right. Because nothing really goes with orange. Well, and so <laughs> we actually thought originally... Orange orangutan. Yeah. That's, that's too many that, syllables. Right. Though. Well, and it's pretty much the same word, just with a tang on the end. We thought about <laughs> uh, just rating based on quality of alliteration, but then the red jaguars would have also been out. And so it's like, why they went out of Wait, their way? I just, I just want to halt. Halt there. Yeah. Are you calling orangutans orange tangs? Yeah. yeah. Orange tangs. Yeah. Orange orange tangs. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really a question of emphasis rather than word. So yeah. Yeah. This is all negotiable here. So number two is the orange iguanas. Not to be confused with the orange oranges, which is what I call an iguana. <laughs> a three. So this is where this is where you expect to be with an animal based alliteration. It's the purple parrot. The purple parrots are a solid three for not a menacing of, creature though. No, not at all. But that's fine. You don't want a menacing beer. Yeah. Uh, a four. So this is where shit gets good. Where we're really starting to lean into what we can do with alliterations, animals, colors, beers. A blue barracudas. Yeah, that's good. You don't see it coming, really, you know? And I'm not even sure that the barracudas are totally blue all the time. I think they're sometimes yellow on a blue shirt. But whatever. We're cool here. (laughs) A five. And this is if Burke makes a really great transcendent cocktail, we might say. The North Star of cocktails. It's a green monkey. No alliteration. Just fucking quality team through and through. And who doesn't love a green monkey? Our primate brothers. That's exactly right. Supporting us totemically. Pretty much just us, really and truly. Now, here's one other thing I want to pitch to everybody before we get going. I I mentioned this before we started recording. Mm -hmm. Have I mentioned also that I'm a little drunk? Is that clear? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, How many beers did we pregame before the cocktail episode? Four. And then we had a shot when we got here. Yeah, uh, we four did. Four Oh, yeah. I forgot that doesn't count. We didn't even rate it. No, <laughs> and we're not going to because it would be a two. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to suggest was, <clears throat> since we're doing cocktails, is that when we try one, we do a ducktails thing, but with cocktails. So rather than just saying, like, this time I'm trying a, and then boring, you would say, this time I'm trying a cocktail. A woo yeah, like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. How do we feel? Are we... That's fine. Bur- okay, Burke's medium. Caleb? Uh, I, I'm I'm probably not going to be on pitch, but I'll, I'll give it my best. I'll take that. I don't give a shit. Um, also, it, it'd be really good if we could like add that choral sample into the podcast somehow. Like, <gasps> oh. oh, yeah. No, we don't have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not been invented. We don't. Every other podcast does, but we do not. That is correct. <laughs> on that note, we're going to grab some cocktails. Woo! Boom! We did it. That's we doing, didn't even plan I bet, that. Is that doing wonders for the levels, Ross? It, it's not. <laughs> it's Ross, okay, make that an audiogram. Yeah. Feet of podcasting. We'll be back in a minute. Keep this frequency clear. 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 
Burke, as we are normally beer experts, citation needed, um, <laughs> I am going to tag you in because I am not a cocktail Woo-hoo. expert. So tell me about what we're about to drink or what Spencer's about to drink. Sure. Absolutely. So Spencer, in front of you, you have a, a Mezcal Paloma. Uh, a Paloma is traditionally just like grapefruit soda spiked with tequila. Mm. Oof. But this one's a little nicer, so it's a little juicier, a little fresh grapefruit juice, fresh citrus. I like mezcal. Mezcal, little club soda for a little fizziness. See what you think. So it smells like a little tequila and a little grapefruit. Great. I'm going to shoot straight. Those things scur me. So No, we're going to do this. No, we're going to be fine. Except for all those times you've drank entire bottles of them. He's sipping tentatively. He he, He says he hates tequila because he drinks it so much. That's quite good. It's, uh, very, it's, I picked it first You're like one of those people that pretends to have a food allergy for a food you don't actually have an allergy for, and then you just eat a bunch of it. <laughs> mm. Mm. I'm not even listening to you right now. I'm just trying that. You should put that in your mouth, though. Um, so um, surprisingly sweet kind of on the lips, mm-hmm. but I like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You get a good mm. amount of juice yep. after that. Good smoke on and it. And then you get some smoke, good smoke from on the it. mezcal on the back. Yep. But it's not... Some tequila has a has a tendency to be like a real um, Ooh, great smoke. On yes, it. a real aggressive kind of like acrid almost uh, quality for me. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, this has smoke on the back end. Can you imagine that if they did it like the smoke old fashioned? Oh my god, uh, Vandevort. They oh did the, the burn. Yeah. on the board. Oh man, that that's was... very dangerously drinkable. Is the yeah, phrase that I might use? Classic summer drink. Um, yeah, I would give that mezcal's. More quality than tequila for me, so I'm pretty excited about it. I'd give that a four. I'd give that a four. Mm-hmm. Right circumstances, that might be a five for me. There's a little tequila in there because that's, been what, a five for me, that's what mezcal is. I appreciate it's that. definitely a five for me. Okay. Well, cool, guys. <laughs> Listen, asshole. You just have high standards. I have really high standards. Let's go with that. But also, <laughs> just a hint of tequila makes me go like, Meh. Um, really surprised with the juiciness. Such yeah. a lot. Uh, I was actually able to find really nice, like uh, red grapefruits that are a little sweeter. Yeah. Than- also, not crazy about grapefruit typically, yeah. and this is the perfect use of grapefruit. I think this is what yep. it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Gives it some extra citrusiness, mm-hmm. but not bitter. Um, this is a quality cocktail, Burke. Thank you. Yeah. You know the stars like you know the drinks. I do. We'll get to that later. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> hey, we're into dissecting our fun where we talk about board games and shit. Here's the here's the fun bit there. Um, you're kind of new to board games, yeah. right? Like this yeah. is a newer thing for you. Uh, at least engaging with it the way I have between when we played a shitload of games at Origins. Just an absolute fuck ton of games um, at Origins. And then even two days in Springfield, I played eight new games. Yeah. For me. Yeah. yeah, we're, um, we're kind of all about that life. We play the board games around yeah. here. So, I mean, you've seen Springfield, you know, you understand why. Yeah, there's nothing else to do. It's <laughs> right, fine. right. It's quiet. We prefer to think of it as quiet. Um, and so I'm curious, uh, you know, we talk a lot of, on this podcast about teaching games, about learning games, about introducing people to games, about game frameworks. So do you like lighter stuff or heavier stuff? Do you like this mechanic or that mm-hmm. mechanic? We don't talk to a lot of people who don't play a ton of games. So I'm curious, from the other side of the table, so to speak, yeah. um, what's it been like getting into board games, and what are the relevant things that are standing out to you? So is it weight? Is it mechanic? Is it theme? How are you coming about in this age of board games for you? Yeah, it's really exciting. So I think the first thing I've really realized is that I like, I think I'm just more on the short play Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 45 and under. Yeah. Because the longest game we played was our Scythe game. Yes. And after about an hour and a half, I'm kind of like, "Mm, boy, (laughs) I... 
wear it down. Tally this, tally this up. Yeah, for sure. See how it's going. <clears throat> so that's definitely in terms of preference, because that's what inspired this discussion. Yeah. I, I didn't have a good answer for light versus heavy. Right. Because I don't have a sense of scale. Right, which was interesting to me because I asked you when we were prepping for board game day, mm-hmm. light or heavy, and you're like, I don't really know. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you've not played a bunch of games or been introduced to that vocabulary. Like, in a lot of ways, you still don't have a scale, because like, I love that you're not into scythe, because like, <laughs> scythe is so... Oh yeah, fucking light compared to like Ti right. or yeah. like doing a mega game or something right. that's uh, eight hours. <laughs> Twilight Imperium was actually my example for a game I don't think I'd want to play. No. Oh yeah, no, you're right on that. We don't want to play. Well, so, uh, you also did Comic Book Forty Seven too. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a war game. Yeah, yeah. Us. All right, Very qualitatively nice. different, Peyton. Okay, keep it's your an life entirely right. different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah. um, I really like games where you're doing your own thing. So we played Wingspan. Yeah, um, or in a way, Lantern's Dice. Uh huh. Just kind of coloring in your little sheets. Yeah, so kind of euros. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what you said. So I, I yeah, that's what I, he, he said. I like I like when other people can't fuck with my shit, and I'm like, oh, you like euros? Yeah, like minimal player interaction. Fiend yeah. be damned. Make your own engine. Move on. Yep, Wings totally agree. Was great. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to get into a situation where I maybe set up a play for a bunch of birds and then have someone be like, no, you can't do that. No. I'm playing this yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't work that way. It's just fighting for food. Right. Shit, you haven't played terraforming yet. No, I would really like Oh, to you would fucking love terraforming Mars. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's a longer of. play, but it's that's good. Fun. It is. But <clears throat> to, quick, so I'm curious for you if quicker play means uh, minutes or if it means am I able to take turns fairly frequently? I would say there's probably a scale. I would say yeah. if I could do things like we played quacks. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody's just pulling from their bag at the same time. Right. And that's super fun. Yeah. Because um, you just kind of do your thing. You just place your tokens. And people can't fuck with your shit, really. I mean, exactly. it's your game. Yeah. 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 Um, so something like that is fine. I think if you were sitting and waiting for other people to make turns, I think that's where it stops from. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's terribly boring generally. Yeah. Uh, And so I think probably some of the games we've reviewed the worst on this podcast have been games where you sit for extended periods of time where other people do things. Mm -hmm. It's not enjoyable. I mean, there's also games like that that I still love, but... Yeah, I, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the I feel like lately managing been, turn length is yeah. extremely important. We've been really wrapped up since Origin it feels in games where it doesn't feel like you're waiting a long time or you're taking simultaneous turns. And that's what I like about Lantern's Dice. Like mm-hmm. even when it's not my turn, quote unquote, yep. I'm doing stuff. Like we played Pipelines and Franchise, which are games where you are waiting for people to do turns. Yeah, but like there's enough of a puzzle there for me to turn over in my head while that long turn's going on. Right. right. Mm-hmm. That I think is going to go on. Whereas if you take that and then combine it with like a diplomacy access, like TI, yeah. and I absolutely fucking hate it because I'm like, okay, what do I need to do on the board? And then how do I need to lie to everyone at the table about what I'm going to do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's too much. And then the other end is like, I'm waiting to do something. I know what I'm going to do. Right. Jesus. Yeah. Please get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite thing you've played so far? Oh, that's that's really good. So, actually, in a weird way, a, not weird. I really liked Sarah and Brandy played Legendary Forest with me. I love that game, which I love because it was fast. Yep, it was super fast and easy to learn. Yep. Um, I really actually did like Wingspan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. Kind of once I figured out that right. wasn't being aggressive enough on my first turn. Yeah. and how the action economy works. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I definitely like stuff that's more singularly com- like so. Wingspan is competitive. You're trying to beat. The other players. Sure. There's also like an internal competitiveness where it's like, oh, can I build a better engine than last time? Can I make my, yeah, like what if Magic the Gathering didn't have other people fucking your shit up, right? Like, can I get all of these cards onto the table to make all this work together? Oh, God, you'd love terraforming. 
Yeah, it I mean that. Like it. It's right. just like I lost that game, but man, I turned so much electricity into heat. Right, I'm terraforming. <laughs> it's just a big engine builder. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think engine builders generally are like good for you. Yeah. Uh, anything else that stuck out to you as you like get to learn games? Uh, I don't really care about theme. Yeah, Euro. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. You're, de- you're definitely uh, like a I would not swayed more by a space game than a not space game. Right, no. Theme can fuck off. Um, and the other thing is sort of related to what I was just talking about is I don't think I would like directly competitive games mm-hmm. like your Carson's and like Catan and oh, yeah. stuff. Take that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you don't want to play Munchkin with us? Munch- oh, I'd play Munchkin. <laughs> I would not play Munchkin. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then I would say the other thing is in that regime of engine building, I really like spatial games. I like the Heil of like oh yeah, Tetris and, yeah and stuff. The the like what about Second Chance like yeah. block placers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that mm-hmm. makes sense with Lantern's Dice because it's functional. I mean, you're choosing mm-hmm. you know how you break up space functionally. Oh, you should try Baron Park. Yeah, okay. I was wondering when you get Baron Park in front of you. Baron Park that. patchwork. I wonder mm-hmm. if like mm-hmm. that would be interesting to you. Yeah. <laughs> Feast of Odin. If you want to just go all in on right. that shit, yeah. really lean into it. I think yeah. Anything where you have to like organize and set up your pieces and put them down in a particular way. Um, we played uh, Karuba together at Origins. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Karuba? I loved Karuba. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely misunderstood some of the pathing how the, some of the pathing was supposed to work yeah I did too the first time I played it I remember thinking like wait a minute why can't I move this guy anymore mm-hmm. oh because he needs an on ramp yeah that would make some sense yeah exactly um, which makes me wonder then like what the line is so you know not directly competitive but like Carcassonne for example is like the OG yeah. of a lot of these tile placement games I'm wondering if you would just hate it because it's directly competitive. Other people can kind of like grab your shit mm-hmm. and functionally kind of like steal work that you've been doing. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I'm typically not crazy about hyper competitive or directly competitive games. I actually prefer cooperative mm-hmm. and or build your own shit and leave me alone games typically. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because I lose a lot of games because I'm married yeah. to my wife who yeah. wins a lot of games. God damn, she's good at games. It's just, she's it's good. absurd. Stupefying. Um, awful, really. Yeah, I would say I definitely like Cop. So before <clears throat> any of uh, us playing together, yeah. I think the only board game I really played and liked was Forbidden Desert. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You just kind of I have Forbidden Sky. I haven't learned it yet. I need to. Oh, okay. Did You got Forbidden Sky? You gave it to me. Did I? It was a Damn. Christmas present. God, you're welcome. Yeah. Mer- Merry Christmas. I haven't opened it yet. That sounds great, though. <laughs> yeah. It's got a fucking like, helicopter feature or some shit yeah, that, yeah. Like, with batteries and stuff. Mm-hmm. It seems really cool. Um, I will say this, Burke. Um, yeah. Playing with you oh, in Origins in here, you pick up on board games very quickly. alarmingly fast, yeah. and I'm uh, very impressed by it. My whole job is to learn rule sets. Okay, yeah. That, so. I, I, I was actually wondering where it came from. Did it come from like having RPG experience previous? Because I feel like I can pick up fairly fast, too, but I don't know if that's at this point from board gaming or RPGs or something else, mm-hmm. or if it came from like something else uh, outside of that. So. Well, I, I definitely have played RPGs since middle school. Yeah. So 20, 20 plus years. Sure. Of, and some through the 90s, we had some dense shit like Shadowrun. And yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I just have a good memory. I have I, I through a lot of school, know how I learn mm-hmm. yeah. and how I learn things. So yeah. it's very easy to learn new things. And then I also think a big part of it is that we're all playing very good, well-designed games. Yeah, it's true. So I'm going to go back to Wingspan as right. an example, yeah. where everything is <clears throat> obvious. Yeah. And internally consistent with the design. And yeah, yeah. Like, that. like right. what you can do is here, how much it costs is here. That's right. Yeah. It, yeah. We weren't playing, um, uh, what was it? Uh, big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> where it's like, oh, my God. What, yeah. what do we do? Yeah. What, what's uh, that space yeah. mean? Tons where of reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I didn't even think about that. But but you're a you're a fast teach, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very nice as a person who has almost always got more board game under his belt than the people I'm playing with. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whole podcast about it, really. Yeah. Wow. Um 
that's been very helpful to think about. And Burke is going to make more cocktails. Oh, woo! Y'all fucking missed it. <laughs> well, you, you didn't even do the cocktails. We like, set up. Pitch. Hey, listen, so rule cocktail, sets. We said cocktails sing, but and you, you missed it. Like hey, Burke's going to make some more cocktails. Woo! woo! There yes. we go. We'll be right back. <laughs> Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. Spencer, ask Burke what I'm drinking. God damn it! That I was gonna do a whole thing where I was just gonna jump in and ask Burke. <sighs> Burke, what's here. Caleb drinking? Caleb <laughs> is drinking a Gosling sidecar. Why is it called a Gosling sidecar? Because I made it with Gosling rum. Oh, so not Ryan. Then. It can be Ryan though. Like it can be. If it's Ryan, it's a five. Names. I think can have we all meetings. know that. Um, yeah. So it's just. Um, Rum, Contro, lemon juice, a little sugar. Thank That's, you, Burke. Uh, um, Burke, tell Spencer that this is kind of like we're not talking, but through uh, you. Okay. With this. Spencer, <laughs> Caleb misses you dearly and wishes you would write. That, feel, that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> You're really Cyrano de Bergeracking here. <laughs> he also, he had Sarah text me a few things yesterday, so this is becoming a theme for him. I bought some bang energy drinks, and I needed to make a pun, and I left my phone at home, uh-huh. so it was urgent. It was. It was important. I'm going to have all the it. bang you want. That's right. I'm going to drink More this gasoline side. We are, we are going to leave that one on the floor. <laughs> By that, of course, I mean the bang. How do we feel about the gasoline sidecar? Mm. You're not a big rum guy. Uh, I, I used to be the biggest rum guy. Right. Um, but. I sort of cured myself of that, like smoking the whole pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of a carton, really, or a truck full. Uh, liked rum back in the day, and that's very good. Good job, Burke. Thank I like you. it quite a bit. Um, I can taste a little bit of the rum, mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to put it at a four, Okay, which Ooh. is a blue barracuda, which is a solid performing. Of course. Legend of the Hidden Temple team. Oh, my God. But it's still very good. See, yeah. I think you're wrong. So here's the thing. I hate rum. All rum to me is just hairspray. That's the appropriate use of hairspray. That is delicious. Okay. Whatever it is that is around the rum enhances kind of like that mm-hmm. taste that rum gives me. Often. So you're putting that one at a five? Yeah, I would make that a five. Okay, see, that's the thing. We now, because we now, the last one for me, right. hard five. Yeah. Hard is five. That is one of the most this drinkable. This one's good, yeah. but a decent four. No, yeah. that tastes like one of those like hard <clears throat> yeah, orange I'm not or lemon candies and mm-hmm. rum. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would drink the fuck out of that. So usually when people say they don't like a particular spirit, right. it's usually they had a bad experience with it. So no one likes tequila because they all drink Cuervo in high school until they threw up. Brand fuck you. Signature I've, I've done that multiple times. <laughs> I will still fuck with Jose. I will not. I will not. Except when you do. Well, Because yeah. you like, it's like every week. I'm a man of many principles. <laughs> that are easily broken. <laughs> yeah. No, there are guidelines. You just have a set number and you pick a few for that day. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I can't, I couldn't possibly enforce them all. No. But for me, I mean, what what you're saying, gossamer is clad right. principles. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, a lot, a lot, gossamer clad nice. anything I will drink. <laughs> uh, a lot of rum for me in the past has been a cheap rum yeah. or b hyper sweet attempts yeah. at rum. Yeah. So it's all been kind of like, okay, well, this is just hairspray or gross. It tastes like a lollipop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. We'll see how the next ah. one goes over because the next one is also a rum drink. Yeah. I dig of that. Hey, we're in a jukebox in the back where we talk about music, uh, which we've not done, feels like, for a long time. Yeah. Am I wrong? Really? I don't know. Yeah. Who all, can tell? Frankly, all of this is a wash I mean, we me. can look up show notes, but eh. Yeah, I'm not going to Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really it. <laughs> that's real out. Um, and Greg Bennett, who we're going to see, if not tomorrow, 
Then at least in two days, I would imagine. Hopefully. Gen Con. Hi, Greg. Um, Greg Bennett asks, y'all have spoken of your love of dance. True, we have. God, you like to move. I fucking love to dance. When I'm drunk. When I'm sober, not as much. But when I'm drunk, a.k.a. right now. (laughs) Uh, So, top three tracks to dance to, not necessarily of the dance genre. And dishonorable mention, worst track to dance to. Omit shit like the chicken dance, we all know. It's a hard one. How dare you, Greg? But okay, I'll accept your premise. Wait, do you uh, like the chicken dance? Well, no, but when you're drunk, you like any opportunity to dance, you guys. Electric slide? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Weird. I'm in. Hey, <laughs> those four weeks in gym class in elementary school were not wasted. That's exactly right. I fucking know the electric slide. Mitochondria yeah. is the powerhouse of the cell, right. and I can electric slide until I drop. Bingo. Just Bingo. Saying. So, uh, Burke, you're, you're a guest of the Mix 6 here. You've made us a bunch of drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a track that you're down to dance to. Oh man, so funny! Like this is a really hard question for me. Um, because you don't really, like to dance. I don't like to dance. Oh, Sorry, well, yeah, that'll do it. And I don't really think about like music, right? Or something to dance to. Okay, okay. So, right. Yeah, he's doing a vaporwave podcast. I am doing a vaporwave. If you haven't, nope, given him a bead. Right. Yet. Yeah. So Got I, it. I literally, will have to think for a bit to think of a track, a specific track. No, but, I get like, it. In general, um, you can't dance like Death Grips. No. Like oh, you can. You should. You you I mean, other people aren't going to call it dancing. No, They're going to call right. it violence. Yeah, don't but. do that. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so, did you get anything? Did you? No, I could not think of a single like you son not, of a bitch. Not in the sense of like, oh, this is a track that's like a canonical dance. All right, track. all right, all like, right. What would you say, Caleb? Uh, MIA Paper Planes. Yes. The second it's on, up, up, and moving. That's right. Get high like paper, okay. fly like wings. A Man, Ross, any tracks that you just get up for? Uh, share. I I believe you can. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, the, whatever the what the, the share dance track. No, nope. remember what? No, nope. what did you just say to me? Share. Yeah. I believe. I believe do do yeah. you believe in life after love? That one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. You dance to that? No, but I would. Really? If I was drunk enough. Is that a promise? If I'm drunk enough. If I find you at Gen Con and I'm hammered, really drunk, yeah, and I play share, yeah, what what we will now to now refer to as I believe, yeah, yeah. Which nowhere <laughs> near the name of the song, whatever you will dance to that, I will probably maybe, okay, maybe I feel like it's possible, medium commitment, yeah. All right, here's one, an actual answer. Uh, when I'm really drunk on <laughs> the hey, evening, hey. You killed it. There's got to be an enormous gay bar in Indianapolis that right. has that on the playlist. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. Just watch out, Peyton. It's coming. Um, I will get down to that. Share? You don't believe in I just, love after love after love after uh, love? After I don't. Love? So, like, uh, listen, I'll dance to pretty much anything when I'm drunk. But Sunny hit that tree. That was her, like, get back up on the horse album. Wow. <laughs> wow, that got dark. <laughs> Look what you did, Greg. <laughs> Jesus. It's a brilliant anthem of perseverance. <laughs> okay. All right. Back back to what I assume was the content of this of this segment. Number one, drunk, sober, asleep, awake, hit me baby one more time by Britney Spears. Yeah. yeah. You can't not move your body to that song. A. Boom. Caleb, what's number two for you? So I can't do toxic, right? You can. Take it. No. I've seen you get up for toxic in a car ride. I will find the nearest chair and do the toxic We literally were driving to Origins and toxic came on because I was playing like a pretty banging playlist and Caleb stopped talking and turned the radio up when toxic came on. Yeah. Well, it's got to be toxic then. Yeah. Uh, It's Britney, bitch. That's right. What can I say? Yeah. That's exactly right. It's just a banger. Ross, you got another shocking Uh, number two? Well, uh, not super shocking. September, Earth, Mind, and Fire. Oh, yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. 
So you buried the lead there. I well, whatever. You said not a share, song share, and share, and yeah, then I yeah, mean, yeah. He's just being himself. Yeah. Well, I think I think we've <laughs> talked plenty about the risk of that. Uh, number two for me. So here's one of my favorite things to do when I get uh, like work evening drunk, which is a specific kind of drunk, right? Like the day has ended, you can't get hammered because you got to get up and go to work. So you get kind of like lounge tipsy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. American cornfield romantic tipsy. Business drunk. Business drunk. That's exactly right. <laughs> Business drunk. <laughs> Uh, I really like to go home and I put on uh, uh, like Chris Stapleton's like Tennessee whiskey and then I like ask Brandy <laughs> to slow dance with me in our living room Aww. and she hates it. She hates it. But it's my favorite thing to do and I will pretty much hold her hostage in the living room while she while she slow dances with me. Yeah, I have Burke? an actual series. There we go. Just popped in my head. I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. Yeah. Eternal banger. Like yeah. late 80s, yeah. but still sounds fresh. See, and it's the better version of the Share Do You Believe song. It's like, it's the. That's what made me think of Right. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, I mean, look, I'm not judging. I mean, I am. But it's not I'm a not terrible judged. answer. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. No, that's a good call. Judged, yeah. uh, Caleb? She was in Mask. It was great. Yeah. I'm with you, producer Russ. Okay. Share for life. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to go with MGMT's Electric Feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you're not moving your feet when that song's on, I'm not down with you i just have to say that it's it's just it's just a banger it's just amazing totally agree totally agree ross third answer um if (laughs) it's conditional if i'm drunk enough and i want to embarrass the people around me there we go uh that bingo song that they used for six flags boom 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 yeah yeah yeah. i want you in my room let's spend the night together together in my room that's what they use for the six flags right yeah 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 Yeah, for sure aesthetic terrorists yeah uh no he's right he's right about this (laughs) and you know what the best thing about that song is to dance to it you just have to jump up and down yeah exactly. that's it i can do that yeah it's quality dance music yeah uh third on my list uh, because we can't say michael jackson anymore because the reality is there's some michael jackson songs i would get down to and i can't say r kelly anymore because i in fact had a whole r kelly thing that i did you can't can't do that anymore um which has left me with hopefully this doesn't go out of fashion uh hey ya by outcast uh another song that as soon as it comes on classic the rest of my body is just like oh well, we're gonna move now aren't we and uh and I, i'm really into it do you come up with another quality answer here kind of um most anything by prince Love Prince. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. Better yeah. and more talented yeah. Michael Jackson. Yep. So, like, 1999. Yeah. It's a good move. Yeah. Uh, dishonorable mentions. Can I have a slow one before a dishonorable yeah. mention? Yeah, of course. Yeah. My slow one's Total Eclipse of the Heart. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's, sure. that's the slow dance one. You should try Tennessee Whiskey. It works very well. So, I'm going to let you know, there was a karaoke dance in middle school, and my only friend, Daniel, who went on to become a pro wrestler, demanded that in order to get girls, we go up there. And seeing Total Eclipse of the Heart. Is there video of this? And it fucking worked. Is there video of this? Fucking worked. And women talked to me. And they weren't being forced by a teacher to be nice to the fat kid. Because we we just belted out Total Eclipse of the Heart. We fucking killed it. How much money would I have to pay you to recreate this? Um, You don't have enough. uh, So that's going to be a patron. Could I raise enough? Is what (laughs) I'm trying to figure out right now. I think we're going to have to double the Patreon for that. Medium persuasive. So 2600 bucks, you'd do it? I mean, yeah. We got to get Daniel. But you know, wait a minute. No, if we can get to twenty six hundred dollars <laughs> a month on the Patreon, it'd be great. He's a pro wrestler now, get, so I'll join in. Fuck it, I'll do it. Boom. Yeah, stand yeah. in, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, I love that. All right, dishonorable mentions: worst songs to dance to. Ross, Stairway to Heaven. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is he wrong? Right. Yeah. yeah sure. I mean, that, no, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Burke, 
this is not necessarily to ba- dance to, but a song I hate that always gets played at dances. Does yeah. that count? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go Good Riddance by Green Day because it always, it's like oh, a breakup song. Oh, damn. It's played <laughs> yes. as like a smaltzy love song, but it's, it's a, not. It's, it's a, a great a idea. Song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I hate that. Like, why don't we play Cake's friend as a four-letter word? Next? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll throw in here. Uh, I'm going to say it. YMCA. Uh, yeah. No creativity. You're prescripted as to what you can do. And so every- you're probably not a big fan of the Macarena either. No, I love the Macarena. But that's also prescriptive. Different <clears throat> ball game, though. It's of my era. I remember. I don't. I don't have a YMCA. I hate things that are from the past. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a prisoner of the moment. Yeah, you don't hate the Macarena. <laughs> no, uh, it's present. It's eternal. Yeah, okay. I, I have a distinct memory of like buying uh, not the Los Del Rio tape because it was hard to find at the Best Buy in Independence, Missouri. Shocking. Uh, but what wasn't hard to find was the Jock Jams cassette, which had the Macarena by Los Del Rio. Jock Jams. Had a had a few good years. Jock there. Jams had a run, man. Mm-hmm. I know we all talk about now. That's what I call music. Fifty nine. <laughs> Jock Jams made a hard argument for best <laughs> compilation album of the nineties. Dishonorable mention. Uh, so my dishonorable is going to be something that I experienced firsthand at far too many theater kid parties. Um, a lot of theater kids think they can dance to the songs from their favorite musicals. Yes. Oh. Just because they're their favorite musical songs mm-hmm. without realizing that those dances are choreographed right. for a fucking reason. Yeah. Like, you've never been sad in a way quite like watching a room for the theater kids try and dance to West Side Story yeah. without choreography. Because, like, I'm like, I just want to be like, I'm the guy who plays bass. I'm like, guys, there's like... There's like fucking 40 time changes in the song. It goes to like from 5-4 to 3-2 to cool, man. 4-8. Like, it's all over the fucking place. Like, I had to learn to play this. This song's a fucking nightmare. They're just like arrhythmically gyrating, and it's just it's just pitiful. Yeah. It makes me... God, I and then like that. Godspell will come on, and like we're at a theater kid party, so somebody's like doing a coke off like some tech kid's scalp yeah. or something yeah. and the godspell or like joseph and the amazing technicolor dream coat comes on everyone's excited about it Banger. so pretty much any theater song just not good for a club dance party deep yeah. cut but good call hey we're gonna get more cocktails Woo! Woo. we're getting more bored with it mostly me uh and we'll be <laughs> right back Caleb, ask Burke what he's drinking. Burke, what are you drinking? I am drinking a plantation daiquiri. So daiquiri is one of the uh, classic cocktails of rum, lime, and sugar. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This uses plantation's pineapple rum, which is where the pineapple comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think when most people hear like pineapple liquor, they're thinking of like schnapps and like candy flavors. Right, right, right. Um, Because this is a rum, it actually means that the pineapple is the base of the mash. Oh. So it has like a lot of like oh, rum funk interesting. and like natural pineapple. I would like sweetness. to try this. So he's getting in there. Yeah. Oh, uh, mm. <laughs> that is such a five for me. Like it's only three ingredients. You can write your own thing. Yeah, yeah I, I just did. It's a five. <laughs> um, it's only three ingredients. It's so easy to make. Oh my god! What the, the fuck? The day, yeah, that's delicious. Like really? What does that taste like? Yeah. No, there's a very... It's in the name. (laughs) There's a very specific memory I have of drinking something that tastes like... Almost like a lemonade to me. Yeah. Um, It doesn't have a lot of the sweetness, I would expect, of pineapple. It's got a... I mean, they're sweet. Don't get me wrong. It's pineapple. But it's got a little bit of the tartness to it, honestly. Um, That is phenomenal. That's a hard five. I drink the shit out of that. I would would throw that up. 
happily in a few hours. <laughs> Definitely would do that. Yeah, um, that's the. Do you that, need some thirsty stone for it? We I have might those. Need a yeah, get a thirsty stone under that. Oh, that coaster. That coaster is going to be very excited to have consumed <laughs> that that pineapple daiquiri. That's that's one of the most delicious things I've ever had. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know there's alcohol in that. You mm-hmm. can you can make this in two minutes. Well, I can't. You but can, I, but I really like your. I will make confidence. it. I will learn to make it, Spencer. Will you? I will. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Burke was so nice to. Get the stuff. That's so. true. That actually would be a thing that yeah. I would get rum drunk on, and I've never gotten rum drunk. You've right. never been rum drunk? I don't. It all tastes like hairspray to me. Oh, man. Rum drunk's rum a good drunk. drunk. I'm afraid that rum drunk is not fun for me. <laughs> the but only, I don't know. The only drunk that's more energetic for me than rum drunk is sake drunk. Oh, and yeah. I don't care for sake drunk. Sake drunk, I'm like, let's find some fucking fireworks and <laughs> like running around the town. Yeah. Hey, we're into Binge Binger, where we talk about television shows, and mm-hmm. I want to revisit... This Legends of the Hidden Temple bit, but more generally, which is the internet has made possible the ability to find many of the television shows that we watched as children. Mm-hmm. Most of those things I have an affinity for, a fondness in my memory. Nostalgia works on you. It does. Yeah. It does. I, admittedly, in the bag for nostalgia. Rose tinted. And then the other night, uh, after grazing a few episodes of uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, we watched an episode of Challenger. Which is a an Australian kids <laughs> show, uh, which was bananas. By the way, thank you for that, Maddie. Um, we fucked around a little bit on on Plex, and then we started watching Rocco's Modern Life, which is something <laughs> yeah. that Brandy was really excited to check out. She loved <laughs> Rocco's yeah. Modern Life growing up. Uh, I really liked Rocco's Modern Life growing up. Maddie had no frame of reference for it, which is ironic given that it was an American thing, actually about Australian an Australian character. And I thought, well, if there's one thing Australia probably grokked from us in the late 90s, it was Rocco's... No, it's not true at all. Uh, She had no frame of reference for this. And so I thought, well, fuck, let's watch some Rocco's Modern Life. And I need to say something. It was the... I don't want to say it was the worst 23 hours of my life. 23 minutes of my life. 23 hours? Yeah, it was a lot of Rocco's Modern Life. It might have. Yeah. Yeah. 23 minutes of my life. But it was certainly the weirdest 23 minutes. Was Rocco's Modern Life always that fucking weird? There's a show where they milk heifer. Right. Who is a bull. And I don't remember that. To completion. And I'm glad I don't remember that. <laughs> that show was fucking bananas. So two questions. One, what the fuck Rocco's Modern Life? And two, is there risk in revisiting television shows from your past and have you encountered it? So question number one, what the fuck Rocco's Modern Life? Um, it was super meta, which I appreciated. It was aesthetically one of the weirdest things I've ever seen because they'd cut together cartoon, weird cartoon, and actual just like images of humans. So the whole thing was pretty odd. Uh, And none of the narrative seemed to care about whether or not you were paying attention. It was just insanity followed by insanity followed by insanity, Mm -hmm. loosely tied together by what what vaguely could be described as a narrative thread. Um, That was terrifying. We don't need to cover Rocco's Modern Life anymore. I do want to know, have you encountered shows from your childhood and been wildly off-put by either the show or your memory of the show in that moment, Burke? Uh, yeah, but I think it was the same response as Rocco's Modern Life, which yeah. is like, how did I not realize how fucking weird this shit Right, was right. When I was 10. So two examples <clears throat> pop into my head. Um, the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Which was <laughs> oh, a yeah. weird fucking show. Fucking glorious. It was great, but it was really bizarre. Yeah. And um, it the was bizarre. First run of Ren and Stimpy. 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But see, I wonder... So, like, Ren and Stimpy, for me, I think I would watch it now, and I would go, yeah. For some reason, Ren and Stimpy was a level beyond Rocco's in its intentionality towards being weird. Mm-hmm. I guess I just hadn't remembered how hard Rocco's modern life went in the paint to be weird. There was, like, this line, like, Ren and Stimpy is trying to make you feel like everything's fucking weird. Rocco's modern life is just kind of odd. But no, I mean, it, it kind of had the same effect, effect yeah. on me, which is, oh, my God. Like, yeah. What fucking drugs went into this? Exactly. And where don't I get them? Yeah. Caleb? Uh, I have never had this, or at least I haven't had it in the recent memory. Really? Because I teach. So it's all... <clears throat> no. So when you are older, right, and as you progressively age further and further out from the main demographic you interact with every day, yeah. you continually confront your sort of like old man, get off my lawn... Uh, kind of thing because, like, you know, they're Fortnite dancing. They're like, oh, that damn kid's flossing too much. This is <laughs> fucking nonsense. Unlike right. we were kids. And eventually, if you're not going to become that guy, you have to check yourself and you look back at the shit that you were into. And I just want to, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, guys, but we were into some dumb shit too. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. dumb, dumb ass shit. Like, I don't think dumb is the issue for, I mean, I get it is. I get <laughs> it is the issue for at you. 10. I don't know. I, I didn't think any of it was dumb. I just thought like, um, actually, I, maybe the opposite a little bit, which was, I wonder if now like the kids who are growing up on like Teen Titans or who grew up on Phineas and Ferb, some of these things that I watch as an adult and I think like, Jesus, like there's a ton of depth here, right? Like there's a lot of inside jokes. There's a lot of reference. Um, it would be hard for a 10 year old to grasp, grasp some of this stuff just by way of exposure or experience. I, I was watching that Rocco's Modern Life episode the other night, and I was like, damn, there's a lot of stuff here that would be hard to grok as a 10-year-old. But as a 10-year-old, I didn't think any of it was fucking weird. And I think maybe that's one of the things I was running into, is that I didn't get the inside jokes, and then I did at 33, and it, I was like, Ugh. If it's changed or anything, it's more explicit. Like, you look at, like, Pete and Pete. Like, Pete and Pete has the episode, what's the inspector's number? Inspector 6? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, where, like, they, they're really into a corporate inspector of goods, and yeah. then they meet him. And then they have him eat hot wings, and he can't do it cleanly, and it causes him to spiral into an existential fucking crisis. I don't, I don't remember this. Yeah, it's like a fucking French film. That's why you don't remember it. <laughs> right. And we watched that, and we fucking loved it. He was a kid with a tattoo. They had a Little League team with like a corporate sponsor-like mm-hmm. plot. Like It was super adult, crazy, wacky shit, because like adults make kids' media, and their concerns really? of the time become the God. concerns of the kids' media. Oof. But you don't remember that because you were a kid at the time our kids that 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 subtext is text now like you watch adventure time yeah which is off the air sadly but made a shit ton of like steven universe would be another good example steven universe gravity falls yeah yeah gravity falls cartoons that make a shit ton of stuff that used to be subtext and like like why are these two kids staying with this weird uncle like Mm -hmm. and no one's questioning it and grunkle stan is just like yeah he's weird don't right. <laughs> we're just gonna that's the we're gonna hang a bell on that and yeah. see so you can see it every time um it, they're just more explicit about it because they they've gone through this too because they're people who are consistently exposed to the tastes of children and when you are consistently exposed to the taste of children the fact that like your nostalgia was weirder darker deeper more shallow or in some way incompatible with your memory of it it's like an everyday confrontation you have. It was brutal. It was brutal. Ross, um, everything's always terrible to you aesthetically. So yeah. has this ever happened to you or has it all just been this? I mean, there have been sometimes I've gone back to like cartoons I watched in the past, like DuckTales and then like, oh, like watching Del- Yeah, woo. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's like, oh, this isn't as good as I remembered it because, you know, I was a kid. Right. But then I watched, uh, like, uh, I watched Liquid Television uh, growing up, which was like a late night MTV compilation of like weird, like adult or like experimental films and shit like that. Yeah, like, it feels right. Like Eon Flux was in it and like a mm-hmm. bunch of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I watched it, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. About average. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> like it, so this, yeah, I haven't I haven't experienced that specific thing. I'm right. more disappointed by the things I watch as yeah. a kid. Like it, it, it's not as good as it used it, to be. It goes both ways. If you right. go in expecting that and it doesn't hold up and it's different, it's like, yes. Okay. That's fine. I still enjoyed the shit out of watching Legends of the Hidden Temple, even though like For sure. yeah. I, I knew it was going to underperform. Mm-hmm. Uh and also I still felt the same way I did as a child, which is that I want to be clear about this to all our listeners. I could take one of those fucking temple guards. Oh, yeah. And I mean it as a child. I did judo. I was 250 pounds. They overextend. Ogoshi hip throw. I, yeah, I don't need no Out fucking... Out of the temple? Yeah, I don't need it's immunity pendant. I'm the just pendant gonna, of life was inside you. Yeah, I'm going to put your ass on the ground, temple guard. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to do. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, had that same experience. But also, shit will overperform too. Like once you have a better perspective of this, you ever watch 120 minutes episodes on recording like anymore? Like that late night MTV shit where they would play nothing but back to back music videos, and it's just like, hey, here's every music video Spike Jones ever directed. That shit was great. Like that shit shaped me in high school. Like it's still good. Like they they play like uh, Rabbit in Your Headlights. Like they wouldn't play it on MTV during daytime right, hours. Right, right, they had yeah. to save it for two a.m. and shit. Like crazy experimental music videos that they cannot make anymore by the market of the value. Like that shit overperforms now watching it later. It I realize how good it was hmm. back then. Um, but you just need the perspective of it in that like your kid, you like some dumb shit. Like when we were in high school, kids were still going to those fucking parody movies. Like, do you want to say like kids these days don't understand the fucking brilliance of scary movie three or something Mm, like that? mm, No, like we had some bullshit that needed to be consigned to the graveyard too. (laughs) Yeah. I sort of divided my response up into three ways. I'm really disappointed. I ever liked this. Right. Which is stuff that is just obviously toy commercials. Yeah. Like mask. Yeah. Um, or stuff that, boy, this has not aged well. Right. Which is most everything, but like Legend of the Hidden Temple is really jarring because all of the myths are like these colonial fantasies. Oh. Of like, <laughs> yeah. This Politically and culturally and like insensitive. murdered a bunch of fucking people. Where's yeah. his boot? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anything, uh, I like Legends uh-huh. of the Hidden Temple more now than I did as a kid. Like, Okay. I love that show now. Like, I feel well, yeah, because find yeah. the boot of a murderer is yeah. your every RPG. <laughs> also, the discomfort of the whole thing now. So, like, uh, coming to the realization of the night that Kurt Fogg is, like, the worst host in the history oh, of the world. Oh, yeah. He's, He's so bad. the charm. I like, find that so endearing now. Like, yeah. I love that he was doing his okay. best. So what you have to do now is watch the made-for-TV movie, also starring Kurt Fogg. Jesus. And see how he's 2016, matured. Maybe. 2016. See how he's matured as a performer. He was horrible in the episodes. <laughs> he could barely observe what was happening on the show, which mm-hmm. is literally his only job. <laughs> yeah. It was repelling down. That's true. Well, he yeah. didn't repel down he in the repel until season two. Yeah. Oh, they shit. couldn't afford the. They yeah. couldn't afford that shit. In season season one. one. He's literally an observer with a microphone, and he fails at that job. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. All the way around. Not a great evening of television, but for Challenger. I love his mom jeans though. Challenger oh, yeah. is amazing. That was nuts. 
That was fucking just, nuts. Just like a kid having an asthma attack and you make him fucking More amazing about Challenger <laughs> might have been the fucking Australian commercials. Yeah. Because it's a lot of stuff that we had as commercials just called slightly different things. So <laughs> it's like one of those fucking like, what if you ended up in a slightly different reality than yours and Rice Krispie yeah. Treats were Krispie Treats were Rice Pop. What was it? Rice Bubbles? Rice Bubbles. Look, look, you're looking at it the wrong way. Okay. That's what modern kids media is it's the same exact shit we had but named slightly different only it reminds you of your mortality and that makes you uncomfortable well, i get and, it and no australian accents i think there's something important <laughs> yeah there. they are inherently yeah. funny i yeah. am tempted to take screenshots of those questions and like ask them you uh, uh, at some future episode especially the biology ones give it yeah. a shot we'll see how it goes <laughs> i'll scream at you only only if also you hide something in your house and you tell me where i can find it but I have to dig around for yeah, it. Yeah, can okay. I find like Johnny Appleseed's tooth or something yeah, fucking sure. ridiculous? Or yeah. like a like a a, a a fan that belonged in a car to a president or a presidential nominee, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's it? Yeah. God, my house is hard. <laughs> like maybe... Maybe Ross's house is already the hidden temple. Leland is the Olmec. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's he's giving you quests, not presents. Yeah, Ross. God damn it. Where's yeah. my life? Your pendant? father delivers you calls to action yeah. in the Jungian sense. It's not this in the temple of the actually, <laughs> actually, it's not even fun. Like, Burke's joke about a boot isn't even funny anymore. It's like, this guy was a fucking fascist. Here's yeah. his coin. Yeah, no, like, you have that, Ross. Like, you have <laughs> You just own that. <laughs> Um, so, anyways, that's cool. We're going to get more drinks. Come on, come on. Burke, what is Spencer drinking? Spencer has himself an Eastern Sour, which is a sort of tiki, sweeter take on the whiskey sour. Ooh. I like the idea of that. That's phenomenal. Ooh, that's I feel fun. like you're just. <laughs> that's a hard five. I feel that's like a hard five. Just, uh, yeah. Right? No, no, no. What? What's in that? Uh, orange juice, yep. lemon juice, simple syrup, um, bourbon, or ja. That's what it is. That's that's the orange juice and the simple syrup. And I'm simple. I drink that syrup. shit all day. I'm really getting it's very Oof. little amount. Just. Whew. Yes. And hey, good bourbon, Russell. If you want to give ever want to give up that dead end stars game, uh, there's a plenty of bars that would employ you around here. I'm just I saying. Mean, <laughs> Real good, right? It, you could move. Yeah. You could live in the Midwest. I could. I too could to return to my, my simple roots. <laughs> Jordy, type in the ranking on this, and it's just not showing up on my. Oh no, I'm going to put it in there right that's now. That's a five. I can't use computers anymore around here. Yeah, you've lost I your privileges. Whew, that's delicious. Mm-hmm. I like that more than a whiskey sour. Yeah, in fact, yeah, it's a little sweeter, a little juicier. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, hey, we're into Ask Mixed Six, where people ask us the questions. Scott Henderson suggested as a living with humans, and so I've repurposed it. What is a talent or professional skill that you know you're good at? Public speaking, organization, hosting, etc. But dislike doing and what is the value of doing something you don't like to do? Has it helped your professional development in any way? Burke? Oh, this is easy. Um, 
And I don't even really hate it, but it's definitely the thing that I dread the most. Mm, yeah. Uh, public speaking. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Absolutely essential for everything I do. Uh -huh. I have to go to conferences. It gives talks about my work. Right. I'll have to go to places that want to hire me and give a job talk. Where right. I tell them why they this definitely isn't public speaking yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't no, worry. No. Don't well, think about this, what we're doing. This. Don't think about what we're doing right now. Right. No, I try not to. <laughs> um, we never have, technically. Yeah. yeah so I, mm -hmm. Teaching, just being comfortable with material in right. front of a group of students. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of outreach as part of my job. Oh, sure. Like, uh, NSF grants have a, a broader impacts component to their evaluation. Yeah. So whether or not you're going to oh, yeah. educate others with right. your work. So there's a lot. Of outreach, oh, grant hustling talks. is hard. Yeah, no, it ain't easy. What yeah. don't you like about it? Uh, just doing a good job. Oh, um, okay. I don't yeah, have yeah. like stage fright. I'm not really nervous in front of people. I like talking to people. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to, it always, it's a public speaking always comes with a professional goal mm -hmm. and I yeah. just want to make sure that I hit that right from having a group of kids really like astronomy yeah. and, and wanting to learn more about it to people liking me enough to hire me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Caleb. I have a caveat. So I enjoy teaching when I'm doing it, when I'm being a teacher in the context of being a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also enjoy teaching when we are friends trying to figure something out together, mm -hmm. and that would technically be teaching, but mm -hmm. I don't... But anytime I have to teach you something and I am not your teacher, uh, I feel like I'm working off the clock, mm. and it annoys the shit out of me. And I, I don't want to be utterly selfish here, but like, I'll have a kid say something like, sexist, racist, unformed in the regular world, mm -hmm. and like, I can Socratic dialogue in between like... Uh, a, a variety of like peer pressure and pointing out objective fallacies and hypocritical stuff. Like, I don't think I'll change their mind forever, but I can be like, yeah, you need to re-examine that issue, right. but I am here with you. Yeah. We are going to transition together into becoming a better people. That is the purpose of teaching. And if you're like a 36 year old person at a con, mm -hmm. no, you're just fucking stupid. And like, that's it. That's where I'm at. There's a line for me. You graduate one day. Right. And the only difference between the real world and, and school for me, um, because I kids experience real consequences all the time sure. for their actions. Uh, sometimes insubordinate, like inordinate consequences yeah. that are completely inappropriate to their actions. Yeah. Um, that's the real world. The only difference between the real world is that when you're beneath eighteen and you're in school, you're ignorant, and there is no shame in being ignorant. You have not been exposed to that knowledge. I am here to expose you to that knowledge. I demonstrably want to do that. And good for you. But past that, when you're an adult, I know that there should be an empathetic response in me that says, hey, you're ignorant. You just have never been exposed to that due mm -hmm. to your background. Mm -hmm. But there is a level in which one has to cut off the you know, right. benefit of the doubt yeah. in order to move on and not be like, well, let's just hear this Nazi's opinion. Right. Um, and... For me, that's after high school. You got to read a fucking book on your own, man. Like, and and at that point, when I'm having to educate someone right. on something, even though I can do it well, the time it takes me to do it, and the struggle and pushback you get from someone doing it when you're older, right, is so not worth my time, yeah. and I I loathe doing it. Sure. So I feel like I'm a good educator, right? I feel like I know how to do it. Science point. I yes. I enjoy doing it in the context of being an educator. But if I have to teach you something that, like, a grown-ass man or woman should know already, um, even though it's not good as an educator to at any point express that frustration, right? 
uh, it's very hard for me to be like, hey, yeah, let me let's talk walk through you through shit you should have learned decades ago. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't have that time. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm with you. Ross? Uh, for me, it would be web hosting and admin stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, RPPR and Mixix, they they have websites and there's a lot Technically of work. Technically, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, there's podcasts that are being uploaded with RSV right. and, or uh, syndicated with RSS and all that other stuff. And, the, you know, the technology keeps changing and improving. But, like, it's just for me, I, I'm... I can obviously, you know, get the sites running and everything, but like it's just a black hole of time. Yeah. And like I never gonna be at the point where I'm gonna be a professional, you know, website admin, nor do I want to be. Right. Uh, but like it's just something I have to do to have websites right. up that are running. Part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and because there are podcast sites, you know, like there's more technical requirements than just having like tech uh text and pictures. Yeah. So uh it's something I dislike doing. Mm-hmm. But it has to be done. Yeah. And it's all on me. To yeah, do I mean it. it's like uh like to play the game, you know, it's like minimum requirement step on the field. Yeah, Some like stuff. when I switched web hosts, like uh, hosting services from Bluehost to the current one, which yeah. is Lithium hosting, I wanted to die. Yeah, like for sure. it was awful. I yeah. had to mm-hmm. migrate like fifty gigabytes of podcasts to a new yeah. file. And it's the oh god, it's yeah. just a mess. I had to once break it to them. The Soviet Union wasn't a country anymore. Yeah. Aww. So uh, yeah. I feel you, man. Right, it's hard. <laughs> I get it. It's hard. I understand. Aren't yeah. they though? Um, same, same. Actually, I'm I'm with Burke on this one. Um, public speaking uh, is like something that really stresses me out. Not the act of public speaking. I enjoy the act of public speaking quite a bit. Yeah, same. Um, it, it two things really stress me out. One is um, I always delay my preparation. Not just because I'm a procrastinator. I am but because I would rather think for six months to get the idea fully formed in my head before I write anything down, which means that I will, like I've got this presentation the Monday we get back from Gen Con, kind of a big one, and I'm really excited about it. And also, I've been thinking about it for three months, and I just started writing the PowerPoint, the deck, two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Now, by the time I sat down and start making the deck, like it was easy to, to vomit a lot of it out and organize and clarify, but the act of preparing the physical thing that people want to see in you speak is very stressful for me. Uh, the other bit that is stressful for me is, especially when I was consulting, um, I got a lot of requests to speak on things I just flatly don't care about. And I love speaking to groups of people about board games, about value, all that stuff. I don't give a fuck about um, some of the stuff that I had to talk about when I was consulting, about some of the things that people still ask me to talk about because they saw me give a presentation on it when I consulted. If I'm going to put the mental energy and effort into getting something right, to your point, which can be a lot of work, you know, given the setting, for something that I don't really care about, like I don't think it's meaningful, I don't care if it moves you. Like, for example, um, one of the things I noticed when I was consulting is people really go nuts for frameworks where they can define themselves and others. So Myers-Briggs, Clifton Strengths oh Test, DISC yeah. profiles, pick whatever fucking, you know, Maybe. yeah, that's right. Astrology, uh, game game of thrones type, characters, do whatever you want. Buzzfeed you know? quizzes. Yeah, that's right. Equally scientific assessments. Hogwarts yeah. houses. That's exactly right. <laughs> Hogwarts houses, pick a thing, right? Um And some of those, I think, are more grounded in meaningful distinctions than others. And so on occasion, I think that there's some very valuable stuff in there. But I I was being asked to give presentations to large groups of people, 100, 200 people, flatly describing what color someone was, for example, based on four different color spectrum assessments. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I just don't fucking care. You know what I mean? 
Like, but 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 I also recognize, and Brandy and I have gone round and round about this because she thinks that stuff's very valuable. She's because for her, it's not about me or about the speaker. It's is it meaningful you meaningful for you to someone tell you you're a blue and a blue means you do these things, and so when you interact with a green, you should think about this stuff. Pygmalion effect. Yeah. It yes. Had my. It certainly yeah. is. You know. It's just hard for me to get up for those things, and I also don't want to do a bad job, to Burke's point, and so I put time and effort into prepping things that, all things being equal, I wish we could just talk about something else. I will notice that there's a point of expertise past which, yeah. like, yeah. when you go beneath that level of expertise required to do the job, yeah. like, I don't need a master's in education to right. tell you that the Soviet Union doesn't exist That's anymore, exactly right. lady. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, there's a level which you have to stoop below that is still technically within your purview as an right. expert, but you but find... It's lost interest to me. You find demeaning or boring or... Yeah a waste of time. And I understand or, that's yeah. the nature of niche and expertise and the farther down the rabbit hole you go, the harder it is to see how you got into the rabbit hole. But yeah, sometimes when people are like, well, why don't you just talk about, you know, the core parts of an argument? It's like, yeah, for me, okay, we can talk about the core parts of an argument. I'm actually more interested in showing you an argument and then talking about what's happening in there. You know yeah. what I mean? At like a really critical level. But that's not what this space is for. And so having to adjust that expectation in my head, yeah, it can be stressful. It's also important to my job. Um, and, and has been important to my job in the past. And so I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and people will pay you money to do these things, even though you may not want to do them. And so you have to make a, a, a value claim judgment around, is it worth the money? And typically it is. Um, and so these are, these are the nuts and bolts of being an adult, I suppose. Um, anyways, good question, Scott. Uh, sorry for transposing it into another category. It just seems so fitting. And on that note, Burke is going to make, uh, statistically speaking, what is likely another great cocktail. Yay. And we're going to talk about something else. Burke, in an effort to maintain this odd tension of not talking to one another, I am going to ask you, on Caleb's behalf, what he's drinking. Caleb, you're drinking a fat washed old fashioned. This is made by taking bourbon. You cook up some bacon. You throw that rendered out bacon fat in your bourbon. That doesn't sound right. You let it sit for a couple hours. No, I don't think you so. You freeze it so it all solidifies at the top, and you strain it out, and you're left with um, you know, sort of the alcohol-soluble flavor components of that fat in the bourbon. I can't tell if this is going to be disgusting or great. No, it's really good. Caleb's going to get to tell. So, an old fashioned <laughs> is the most classic of cocktails. Like oh, fa- I love favorite cocktail of all time. Yeah, that a boy. This is also probably the most boo like spirits forward cocktail we'll have. Doesn't have like any. Don't juice don't anything. put that down. Just pass it. Just just pass puff puff pass boo boo. Man, <laughs> you can be that honest. is fucking great. Okay, you can be honest. No, I am being honest. Mm, a little smoke on the nose. Yeah, it just gives it, it brings the sweetness out of the bourbon in mm-hmm. a way that I never expected or thought was possible in an old fashioned. Yeah, Spencer's really getting after it. Oh my god, that's fucking delicious. That's like old fashioned if it was made with a rum. Like it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's very drinkable. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And there is a little bit of the bacon on the back. A little bit, but but not much. but like uh, but like candied bacon, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the equivalent, so like I use like the sugary smoked. Bacon. Yeah. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Hot fucking damn! That was damn that is good. That is a fine old fashioned, sir. Hard five. Hard, Hard five. five. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. <laughs> wow! I am so good at this. I <laughs> you really are. Am <laughs> like shook. At that. No, that's fucking wild. Are you bringing this to Gen Con? Yeah, yeah. I had to, you have to do a whole bottle at a time. You have to do a whole bottle at a time. 
Right. Everybody has to do a whole bottle wow. of time, Spencer. Wow. That's fun. What kind of bourbon is that? Uh, four Roses Small Batch. There you go. What if we just shake people at Gen Con? Yes. So, okay. Fuck the segment. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> it's anime. No one cares. Last year, right. we're just like, hey, do you want this beer that was cooled and then warmed and then cooled and then warmed and then cooled and then warmed? Oh, weird. It's not good. Would you like this movie tie-in booze mm-hmm. or perhaps some Malort we just tortured our listeners last year. What if this year brutal. we're like offering people stuff, but it's the most divine thing they'd ever but drank. But it's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we don't give them a second chance. They refuse it. They don't get it. Oh, shit. You know, like, like, hey, you want to take a shot of this? Like, what is it? You'll find out. Right. You're and either it, in or you're out. Like, it's like a fucking Soviet loyalty test. Just Got, like. Still water rule on the mic. <laughs> and they'll be like, hey, that's the most delicious thing you ever drank. And somebody's like, I want to be in on it. He's like, no. You said no, man. You failed. Yep. You're out. It's like one of those job interviews at a tech company. (laughs) You know? It's like Eminem said, you only get one shot. That's exactly right. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity knocks once in a lifetime. You better. Yeah. Um, Anyways, we're into uh, this was a mistake. Um, This was actually your suggestion, and I appreciate you for Mm -hmm. it. So get in there. I see it in other things other than this, but it's so prevalent in this genre that you have to give it the name. It feels a little unique to this genre. What was a mistake was anime recommending yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, Especially anime. <laughs> I, I, I think the original mistake, probably, as I look back on all of this, was saying I was tangentially interested in learning about anime. And if only had someone begged you not to do it both on and off the mic. If only. <laughs> it would have been nice. Like yeah. I did. It would have been nice. So what am I talking about with anime recommending? Um, anime recommending is the inability to avoid spewing a list of items in the hobby you are interested in. Whenever that hobby is mentioned, regardless of the context, (laughs) just completely regardless of the context, it gets brought up, you just start reciting a list of things. Mm -hmm. That is anime recommending things. I've had it. Right. We've... I've done it with board games in the past yep. for people who are interested in board games. I, I've been there. I, I try and tamp it down. That's really what this podcast um, is. Workout people. Right. I've, I've learned that. Yeah. I've started lifting weights, but yeah. weightlifters are very much. We spent a night in a green room with the bodyguard to Stanley from The Office. Oh, my God. Who's, who's also Tupac's brother. Who's also Tupac's brother. Yeah. And we spent four hours learning what kind of boiled chicken he ate. That's right. Because someone mentioned working out at one point tangentially. Yeah. And it was it was hard. Yeah. It was hard for me. It was a long night. I did not care how many ounces of chicken that man consumed in the day, or any a other, lot by or the way. any a person for that matter. Yeah, could not care about your ounces of chicken. But he had anime recommendations. And someone mentioned workout. He did. Someone mentioned diet, and he just went on his sort of like rote right like reflex response yep. to spewing everything he does with that. And mm-hmm. and many people are this way. Like, yeah. Um, I'm but, this way about some stuff, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's always a mistake. It's always off-putting. Like, oh, yeah. I'll say this. I, I, just, I, I think I gained 10 pounds off of listening to that man talk about working out, just like out of spite. Yeah. Like, I think I just went and bought candy and might have consumed right. it. Here, here's the thing I've noticed. <laughs> I, I, I find that it has a much smaller chance of success than maybe the person hopes for. So I would say, like, conservatively... 10% of the time, the machine gun recommendation approach to a casual mention is actually going to, at least for me, get me to run down that path. 
what I have found in mentioning as I encounter another bit of anime, whatever that may be, uh, is that there are a number of people who have seen all the anime. And the immediate response to me going like, yeah, Neon Genesis, uh, there's some things I like, there's some, some things I not like, is not to really have a conversation about Neon Genesis all that much anymore. Or what you like or what you don't like. Right, but instead to hear about like 15 to 75 other animes that <laughs> also exist. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Um, and uh, no fault here. Okay, fine, I get it, that's your deal. It's just... For me, um, if I'm looking for a recommendation, I'll probably be like, hey, I really liked this. What else could I watch? And instead, rather than having a con, it just feels like I'm never getting out of this. You know what I mean? Like, so I have watched, I would consider, a reasonable amount of anime since I errantly made a claim, what, a year and a half ago? And here's the thing. I would consider has just launched into a endless thread of anime right right oh, look i mean i made i made because <laughs> like well you haven't seen the right anime right and it's just gonna be i made a small list just for clarity it's like so, when the war game computer spazzes out and learns that the only winning yeah, move is don't play exactly like, yeah just anime recommendations doing his best right i've watched three of the four trigon discs i've watched most of the big o i've watched all of flcl i watched paprika which we're not going to talk about again I've watched seven episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion, and frankly, I think that might be four episodes too many of Neon Mm -hmm. Genesis, but I did it because I found it interesting, kind of, and also gross. (laughs) I've watched like eight or nine of the Ghibli films now. I think I've watched a reasonable amount of anime. Um, but And so sometimes when I'm talking about anime, it's because I've decided I want to talk about anime. But instead, often what happens is like a, oh, anime, did you know there are seven million other anime? It's like, well, no, I also, didn't know Also, it'll that. be like completely contextually wrong. Like, yeah. it'll be like, hey, I, did, I stopped watching Eva because it's gross. Oh, you think that's gross? Here's a million other gross right. anime. Right. Like, did you think I stopped watching it because it was not gross enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that there's a, um, a bit of a... Uh, exasperation because like you have this fan base and there's kind of like torturing you is kind of like a meme (laughs) i mean there could be something like i've set myself up for this i'll admit that but we're picking on anime and we should because this is a general mistake oh yeah yeah. like like you could do this for board games i I see people do this all the time i see people do this with board games all the time too like i like this therefore oh well have you tried this have you tried this have you tried this yeah have you tried this it's like no, and it's like not no one ever thinks to ask why did you like that? Right. Like yeah. no so like I'm into lowlands or something like that and they'll be like, "Well, have you tried Power Grid? Have you tried this year game? Have other you tried this year game? Have you tried the, like every other game involving sheep, every other game by that director?" Like and I know that it's good intentions, but like the immediate response after I like or I would like to know more should right. not be blah it should be additional questions yeah and it doesn't matter what you're into like my friend's very into music and scene stuff he's where i learn everything i should listen to that's like newer than the 90s because i'm old as fuck and i ask him about music and he will like spew and i have to because we have a deep relationship tame him right all right, I don't... I like this. Yeah, I want this, or this, something like this, like that. Yeah. But like, it becomes upon me, and it's because he's deep into the paint yeah. on the scene. Right. And I think everybody's like this, but like the, the response to I'm mildly interested or I am curious about right. should be additional questions, not recommendations. I, I yeah. Yeah, like, I, think I, I don't think it's just anime, but anime personifies it so totally. <laughs> 
that it gets named for the oh, the yeah. general oh, mistake. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean it's getting sure. yeah. Um Burke, you're in a hyper technical industry. Yes. Do you think that a hyper technical industry makes this more or less likely? In what sense? That I'm less likely to do it? No. Or? So like um that th- I think there's an assumption that the people you're interacting with on a day to day basis in your job all have a shared vocabulary. Yeah. And so in a space where you all have some shared meaning around stuff that when something comes up it's easy for other people just to kind of rattle off stuff because there's an assumption of understanding. Yeah. And yeah. maybe part of the problem here is I have such a novice-like knowledge of a mm-hmm. lot of this that anything past that is all like noise to yeah, me. Just you know what I mean? Throwing fifty anime names at you at the Discord. Right. You might as well have just yelled shapes and purples and yeah. colors, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, well, maybe I might get to that. I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I just didn't know if shared knowledge made this stuff more or less likely, or more or less like like easy to digest. I would say definitely easy to digest. Yeah, yeah, because it's not all like what. Uh, the yeah, fuck is I would that? say whether or not it's likely is entirely a function of personality. Yeah, I, I agree. The fan base thing does exacerbate it, but like we're not complaining about our fans at all. No, not at all. Yeah. I think this is a general human error. <laughs> like I've made it multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Like I make it with beer weekly. Like I've heard people complain about like games that have colonialist themes, and I'm mm-hmm. just like. And my response is just like, oh, you think that theme's colonial and bad? Wait till you play that. And that's not what they were asking for. I'm just like trying to show off as like, I've played this terrible game. Like Underground Railroad. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I'm, uh, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? That's not what they were trying. I was trying to one up them with my horrible game experience. I really quickly get that way if people are like, I really want to play something not D&D. And I just oh, sure. immediately have this Rolodex in my head of like, do you want to play fucking blah, 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 right. blah, blah? Like, here's like... What's yeah, but they weren't asking for a Rolodex of names. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. were asking for, I want to play something like that's not D&D in this way. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, the root of this problem is the fact that we all tend to assume our own perspective is common. Like, everyone has the yeah. same Sure, yeah, yeah, And so, like, we mistake our own frame of reference. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, our own frame of reference is everyone's frame of reference. Yeah, so if definitely. you're, like, super passionate about something, you want to share that passion. Yeah. Because that, ah, and then, like, oh, yeah, everyone else has seen 700 right. anime series about robots yeah. and sad teenagers. <laughs> R- related, I am interested in finishing some of this anime stuff and in seeing some, because there are some things that I really like. This is not a call for suggestions of future anime to watch. I will when I finish the big O, <laughs> I will I will put up the anime bat signal mm-hmm. and I will look for Su- Is it Super Best Friends? What's the name of the Jesus Buddha anime? Uh oh, what are is you it? about are you about to do this? There me? there is uh best uh Saint Young Men. Saint Young Men, okay. Mm. I will make a recommendation of a singular anime that through my knowledge of you as a person. Right. I think you would quite enjoy. Okay, maybe you could put it up for like a Twitter vote. Like that seems that seems really because no, I put up for dangerous. a Twitter vote. What what yeah. should we prepare for the Mix Six Live Show and communisming one? So I feel like a Twitter That's vote fine. is risky. Just want to be clear, always prepared for communisming. Just, <laughs> just to be clear, Spencer right. hates democracy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Saint Young Man you would enjoy. It is very funny. It is very wholesome. I do like wholesome. Um, it like Ghibli s wholesome. It is uh, hilarious in many ways. It is incisive. It's a slice of life, too. Uh, it's slice mm. of life. It's not creepy in any way, shape, or form. Creepiness is not uh, And I think you would enjoy it. I look forward to hearing everyone else's take on St. Young Men in the comments. Uh, and but, I'll, like, maybe that's it. Maybe that's maybe what that's you it. do. Maybe that's you've, it. like, hey, I think I know you. If I don't, tell me why it didn't work so I can reappraise. right. right. But I'm not going to give you 200 fucking things and yeah. flood you with it. Right, yeah. right. Uh, we got one cocktail woo left, and then the show is over. So we'll be right back. Like this. 
what are you drinking? I am oh, wow. in what is a literary framing device, finishing out this episode, again with Mezcal. Bingo. This is a Mezcal margarita. Starts as it finishes. He's getting right in there. Finishes as it starts. Now, you made it, so can yeah. you objectively assess it? Yeah, this is like a, a, a four for me. Oh, okay. He can. Um, I mean, a four is an objective. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay. I'm going to give it a shot, though. Yeah, go for it. Um, Woo! Are we in Margaritaville? That's a, that is tequila on the nose. Oh. Yeah, I don't like that as much as the Paloma. Sure, it's not as refreshing. No, it's not, and that to me tastes more... Distinctly you, of Maddie. what I think of when Ooh. I think of tequila drinks. Yeah, it's a very straightforward yep. old school market. Yeah, if you want to get fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So for I me, I mean, it's a really nice way to get fucked there up. There is some smoke on the back. That's the mezcal, and I, yep. yeah, that'll do the job. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think four is right, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not bad. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's just as. Uh... Right. I just prefer the Paloma, probably. Yeah. If that's a four, then the Paloma would be a five for me for what it's worth. But we don't need to go back and modify. No, you know, I don't think we've done that before. This is not going on the list. It's no. cocktails. Right. <laughs> Woo! Um, good follow-up. I like kind of in a round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, we're into drunk enough. Feels accurate. Um, and I'm curious about two things here, Burke. One is the nature of your job, which is just fascinating. Sure. And then two... Is the nature of your job as people respond to the nature of your job? Yeah. And where you think that comes from? Yes. Okay. So to answer the first question, um, at least for the next two years, right? I'm an astronomer. Um, I'm what's called a NASA Hubble fellow at Jesus. Uh, a Research Institute in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. I'm a Libra. What's my future? That's uh, the way ooh, you're doing well, it. <laughs> literally, no one's ever done that. <laughs> Um, I so, had to. I yeah, had yeah. to. You actually didn't, but it's okay. I did. Yeah. I did it, though. It was a requirement. So, required. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm a postdoctoral fellow, so I defended about 18 months ago. Right. I'm a full-time researcher, which is really just doing a lot of little jobs, mm-hmm. largely a computer scientist, spend a lot of time coding, mm. um, have to do my own admin, writing, editing, teaching, mentoring, observing. Uh, sometimes I go to Chile to use giant telescopes that we no, have. No big deal. Down there. Yep. Uh, yeah. That is a whole trip. Um, and overall, it's really good. Like, it's it's generally interesting. There's a lot of, like, weird little politics that people don't think about in mm-hmm. terms of, like, competing groups and stuff. But sure. But overall, I generally mostly like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this sort of discussion came up because I had never met Brandy before. Right. Yeah. And she's lovely. Yeah. She's great. And she asked me what my job was. I mm-hmm. said, you know, my degree's in astrophysics. hmm And you immediately get that, like, oh, you... What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that comes from a lot of, like, media representation of... Scientists. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and Have I'm, you ever told a series of politicians that the world was about to end, but they didn't believe you until a catastrophic event happened? Not yet, but it's still early in the career. It's coming. Okay. Yeah, you got two, you got at least two years left. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know the senior referencing, and even in that scene, the two astrophysicists, the one's like, "Oh yeah, but he got a C in orbital dynamics." Like, he's like a fucking dick, dude. Jesus. Um, but, uh, you know, this goes beyond just, like, stereotype representation of, like, old white dudes, which right. is, like, unfortunately what a lot of um, people in my field are. Yeah. We're getting better at younger uh, stages, so, like, undergrad, grad, but there's sort of this concept of this leaky pipeline where it's very hard for underrepresented people to make that step into permanence. Yeah, definitely. Um, but this just goes to more broadly where scientists are almost never represented as, like, human beings. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. They're always, like, hyper nerdy, hyper obsessive. They don't really have hobbies. Right. Or if they do, they're like stereotypically nerdy hobbies. Yeah. 
Um, How have you found being a role player also interacts with that stereotype? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Hey, uh, uh-huh. you know what? One thing at a time, Spencer. <laughs> One thing at a time. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. It doesn't help. Right. Uh, but there are a lot of people like board games and stuff because you know, it's all people who like to learn roles. Right. Um, and work with it. But, uh, and I just, you know, you look at stuff like Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, man. I can't imagine which, what you experience with that. Uh, yeah, which in addition to just being a dog shit show. Right. Has like really weird, like everybody's shitty. Like the two doctors make fun of their fucking master's engineer friend. Yeah. The women scientists, it's like a novelty that they're scientists. Yeah. Um, it's really gross. But I just think in general, media over intellectualizes what it takes to be a successful scientist, which is really just a hard worker. Mm -hmm. Like I get that people have like math phobia or there might be certain difficulties, but what I have is just a skill set. And like, I truly believe that most anybody can do what I do if they weren't locked into some education system where you have to learn how to do it Mm -hmm. in a fixed amount of time and like, you know, get through a semester of coursework. Yeah. 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 Um, And that's really the goal of a lot of my outreach is I do a lot of stuff with like kids Mm -hmm. and just try to get people to realize that, um, scientists are people too right. and you can do it and it's not about like some hierarchical ranking of intelligence of study um right i don't believe in any of that right all uh, that stuff is super gross it's well and what i find even more fascinating about your story is that this is not your original path no no so i went to a pretty rural high school yeah that didn't have like a lot of stems it wasn't something people did mm-hmm. um and the only class i made friends in was photography right so um, I just ended up going to a liberal arts school outside of Baltimore because I'm from Maryland. Right. Um, and then the money started rolling in. Yeah. Uh-huh. I made more in that career than I did. So um, <laughs> I did uh, uh-huh. like a film criticism degree in yeah. photography and I worked at a photography studio right. in DC. Um, we did stuff for probably our biggest client at the time was Under Armour. Yeah. Um, including. Did, did you do We Must Protect This House? Did you, yeah. prote- did you yeah, protect no. the house? <gasps> so, uh, the oh studio, my God. The studio I worked for was the one that did like all the click clack. I think you hear is coming. Um, <laughs> did, you sh- did you photograph Ray Lewis? I met Ray Lewis. I went to his house. What? To take pictures of him because he didn't want to go anywhere. What was Ray Lewis's house like? Uh, it was just like a big mansion in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it feels right. Um, I <laughs> met like Nick Marcakis of the Orioles. What? Um, Hunter Mahan, who's a golfer. Yeah. Like, a couple was, of... was Ray Lewis nice? No. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, <laughs> he ostensibly murdered someone, so I guess he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. murders. It's, it's very just let's get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Like <clears throat> just set up and and take shots, and take pictures, and stuff. Um, I'd say my biggest photography claim to fame is we did the still photography of the shoes that were on the banners in their 2008 Super Bowl commercial. Oh, that's fucking cool. So I guess right. that counts for something. But for what it's worth, sure, so sorry. this is what you did, right? I mean, yeah. and then you ended up being a NASA Hubble fellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was super into like physics and stuff. But again, it wasn't something you can't be what you can't see. So it like, right. wasn't a thing that you really interacted with. Um, but I loved it because my brother got me the physics of Star Trek by Lawrence Krauss, who's now a garbage human being. Don't get that book. <laughs> um, but in the 90s, it was fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the 2008, I was working at the studio and the 2008 financial crisis hit real thing. Um, people stopped because like that sort of photography between that crash and the growing affordability of digital photography, Yeah, mm-hmm. what we did started to become more of a luxury because you could just purchase stock photos or whatever. Right. You don't yeah. need to get like custom ad print anymore. Yeah. So business slowed down. I had a time to stop to think. I was like, fuck, I don't want to do this forever. Right. <laughs> um, so I sold all my shit and I moved back in with my parents at 26. Right. Um, put myself back through school. Yeah. And now we're doing this. And now you're now you're an NASA Hubble fellow. That's the technical term. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, it's just crazy to me because the other day you said it in passing to Brandy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think the media like kind of blows this all out of proportion. Yeah. And I guess for me, I don't, I don't it, one of two things. I don't know if it never struck me like that, like when you said it so casually, like, yeah, that's right. Or if because, so my background is in academia, right? Yeah, sure. That I was mired in that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I transitioned to a community, and I'm not trying to be too glib here. A community who doesn't value any of that. So all of <laughs> that just left my vocabulary quickly. Like I yeah. learned in six months of transitioning the business community, most people think that's bullshit. They don't care anymore. Just forget about it. Mm. On the occasion, someone reminds me I have a doctorate outside of me making a joke when someone's having a medical issue and I tell mm-hmm. them I'm a doctor because I think it's funny. Um, I forget, wholly forget that I have a PhD. Yeah. But it, but it is something that at the time, I remember going through that and telling people I'm a doctor. There is this thing, this response. Yeah. And so I guess I just never thought about it. And then you said it the other day in passing. I go, yeah, that's fucking right. Yeah, I always try to downplay it because I don't want people to feel like they can't do anything. Right. Um, I don't want them to feel like they can't talk to me about it. Right. Hap- like we can talk about what I do. If yeah. that interests you at all. Um, and I just think overall, it's just a lot of time. Like, I don't really believe in like too high rank. Like I said, too high ranking of intelligence. Yeah. I don't really believe in like talent or like aptitude too strongly. At right. least in the way it gets portrayed in media. Um, so I just try to humanize yeah. what, what you do. Right. I don't like to sit in the ivory tower. And- well, and I find it fascinating too, because we are in, we've talked about this before. I mean, we are in the age of anti-expertise, yep. um, yep. you know, uh, that, that it is a bad thing to be that wholly consumed by any one thing or mm-hmm. that those things are shields and barriers to truth and all that stuff. And so I also find it fascinating how, um, little that inter, so you and I've talked now quite a bit. And it it comes up because I'm curious in it and about it, and I ask you. But I think we'd probably talked for like I don't, a solid couple of hours before I realized you did what you did or anything. Yeah, and it was so casual for you. Yeah. So I feel that, and so I also wonder then about the the intentional need to not talk about those things. There is definitely that. Yeah. So um, I'm hesitant to mention it. So like on lift rides, which I take a lot of, right? I travel a lot. For yeah. Academia. I almost always get aliens <clears throat> and or black hole questions. Mm-hmm. Um, or questions about like why do we pay you to do what you do? Right. Which I somewhat understand. Um but as a teacher I would never understand that. No, how could you? Um <laughs> But you know, usually I always would just reframe that in terms of, you know, NASA's budget is a Right. You know, you could fund NASA for years off one month of the military's budget. You know, like, um, I bet that goes well to those people. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. but um right. Yeah, it's not that I don't like to talk about it. Yeah. It's just that I don't want to like color a conversation. Yeah, for sure. People's expectations. Because I'm like a... Well, a narrative that exists before you arrived poisons the discourse. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. And I... um, Yeah, I think it is a thing where it's like, I'm just very casual about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I just... I'm I'm proud of what I've done. Yeah. But, like, I don't care. Right. Day to day. Yeah, well, I mean, probably in the right right settings, it do, you know, caring about it doesn't really get you that far. Or whatever. No, it doesn't no, have no. a lot of value. It, it's also um, kind of like it's something to care about and think is cool and be proud mm-hmm. of. And so that's also kind of like a weird thing, too. Like, yeah. you, you know, you don't want to play it up. You also don't want to diminish it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's cool. No, it is cool. Um, right. And I know a lot about a very specific thing, but I think... Right. Um, people, when they meet somebody else who knows a lot, they forget that they also know a lot. You know, right. it's this idea of, like, they don't realize... Where that Venn diagram lies. Right, exactly. Their expertise and your expertise. Like, yeah. Um, so I always try to disengage people on what they're interested in. Yeah, yeah, which I think is the right move. I, I don't want to minimize what you said, but like I feel like I see commonality in what I do. Okay. Uh, yeah. And it's just because I the most I can contribute to this conversation is have you ever tried doing something with your life, like getting drunk on a microphone and talking right. to people? Yeah, um, yeah that's 
that's way better. But what I what I see here from teaching is that like the narrative, whether it helps you or hurts you, hinders you. Like mm-hmm. it, when right. I teach, um, I get the reaction of uh, "fuck you, leech." You must be nice to get summers off. That kind of bullshit. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like almost worse is a like you're a hero. I don't know how you could do that every day. Right. Which is just like I mean. They're just teenagers. They're not right. that bad. It's a like, job. At this point, I find you to be way more annoying than any of them. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure that was right. <laughs> like, um, like the whole like you're you you're soldiering on the front line, and like I've heard people that have served in the military who are the same way. It's right. like half the people I know in the military are utter shitheads who don't deserve any of your respect. Right? Who who like <laughs> fucking ran through war zones and did all these like ostensibly noble things. We're just like just hero worshiping us doesn't make any we have entire yeah. days like yeah. what are you doing yeah. and it's just like it's not so much the positive or the negative of the narrative is that it exists wholly before you arrive yeah and it will exist like without even a chip on it after you leave right like that's right. the thing that really gets to me like nothing i could say is going to affect how you feel about teachers one way or the other no sure. yeah absolutely and nothing you could say about the 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 grim work of being an astrophysicist <laughs> will change like the idea that you're not, like the guy in the room with the politicians trying to stop yeah, the asteroid. It's so like, ingrained in culture. Yeah, it's so ingrained that like that sort of Jungian like concrete subconscious right. construct is right. not mm-hmm. going to shift no matter how hard you bash your head against yeah. it. And so it becomes one of avoidance. Like yeah. 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 I'm just not going to talk about this. I don't tell people I'm a teacher right. anymore. Like when I take a lift ride, I was like, I write RPGs for a living. Yeah. I don't. Right. Like I would die if yeah. that's my only income. Yeah. But like people don't have a ton of framework for that. So they just like ask genuine questions right. or like, mm-hmm. oh, and then it's fine. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. So I, I, I get that. Not Always to diminish what you're at, but like I understand that like when you come into a field where there is a construct of narrative. Yeah that you can't fit in with. Like, it's just going to be there whether you're there or not. I think the trick is no one can fit in. I think that's the bit, right? For me, it's all um, tightly defined window of something that you're never going to fit in. And so you're always violating the frame a little bit. And I think to Burke's point about we don't treat scientists like people, I... I don't know that you could meet any scientist who's that scientist. You can only get approximations or shades of that person, which is why it's always going to be push and pull for them, yeah. right? Like you're never going to be Oh, you're not Richard Fenneman? Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean you're you're <laughs> you're never going to be quite that guy, but you're always going to be close enough to that guy that it's interesting or you're never going to be quite that person cuz it mm-hmm. And so that for me was always kind of the trick. Uh and that's one of the things that made me deeply uncomfortable about being an academic for a while is talking to people about that. It, it, they wanted to talk deeply, not about my research, but about the what they believe to be the act of researching. Yeah, what it, what it is. Right. And so the fact that, you know, I, I would tell them, well, actually, I'm studying how we talk about the future. Yeah. Oh, I bet you just sit around and think about the universe. That's exactly No, I right. actually spent 100 hours last week trying to write telescope <laughs> right. proposals. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, like, I, would, I would tell them, I'd be like, well, I mean, you know, last week I was actually, I mean, I spent 40 hours advising students, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, on exactly. whether or not they should take a gym class or some shit. Yeah. Um, and so, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, the, the push and pull between being a cultural stereotype of, a, of an occupation mm-hmm. uh, and not also being able to meet that stereotype is like very interesting to me. And the comment you made just in passing, because you deal with this a lot, given the nature of your work, mm-hmm. uh, was fascinating to me. 
What's also fascinating to me is that in your free time, you make delicious cocktails. So delicious ass cocktails. Cannot thank you enough for premium so professional grade flying cocktails. Flying all the way to Springfield, making delicious cocktails. It has been an absolute joy having you in town. Appreciate when this two year thing ends and uh, the skies exist no longer, um, I hope you find your way to the Midwest where things are cheap and there is alcohol to be consumed. It is so cheap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as you would be a great addition to this group. Um, Burke will be at, at Gen Con with yeah. the RPPR crew, with the Mix Six crew. So if you got to meet him after today, but before you're hearing this, that's great news for you. If you got to ask him about your astrological sign, no yeah, one's yeah, ever do done that. that before. That's exactly right. Uh, try some of his first. cocktails. Oh, woo, they're really good. Um, <laughs> is the plan for you to make cocktails at a Mix Six or RPPR event? Yeah, yeah. So, um, the Mix Six and the RPPR Live, I think, are the same day. They're both that, yeah. that first Friday. 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 It's gonna be hard Friday. Yeah, it's gonna be um, a heavy Friday so, for those of us right. that imbibe. Yeah, <laughs> all the leftovers from this, I'm, I'm coming up. Uh, I'll be making drinks. Um, another RPPR sort of RPX dude, group, Chris Hammond, yeah, is also very good at making drinks. So okay. I think we're going to be bartending for that, that meetup. Um, are we doing that meetup after RPPR Live? Is yeah. that, but that ends at like ten, right? Well, like basically, we have the room the rest of the night. So oh, like, after mix six? Well, like no, no, no. The the RPPR Live. Got room. it. Got it. Got it. Like basically, it, it starts eight o'clock, and then we just have it. Oh, okay. Until like so is that when we're doing drinks? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, tight. That'll be very helpful for The RPPR Live meetup is sort of a rolling bacchanal right. yeah, through the hallways. We'll of, record some content. I'm not going to wear and a shirt. Then, yeah. then we'll... Uh, yeah. Go from there? Yeah. Basically. And then we will drift off to sleep. <laughs> um, and as as we end this episode, I'm on my way to pick up some of the many things we'll be giving away at the Mix 6 Live. Yeah. Nice. So excited. Prizes upon prizes. We got items printed for this event. Wow. So if you've since received them, I hope you enjoy them. Uh, hey, if you've listened to this, uh, we hope you're a backer of a certain level. If you're not, don't forget to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com. Look for the Mix 6 podcast. We've got a ton of additional content available for you. And if you are a patron but not backing at the highest levels, don't forget. There are preview episode opportunities and more channels available in the Discord for your interacting pleasure. If you're not following us on Twitter, check us out at The Mix 6. You can also find us on Facebook. We've got a group and a page. Don't forget you can find clips that people have smashed together, like Maddie, of us doing ridiculous things on YouTube. That's Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot com. YouTube, not orange tube, not green tube, not blue tube, or any other color like red tube. Just YouTube dot com. Look for The Mix 6 podcast. And don't forget you can send us things in the mail. Many people have. Go to The Mixed 6, 2131 West Republic Road, number 101, Springfield, Missouri, 65807. And we'd be happy to try it on the air, maybe, probably, depending on how it shows up and what it is. Thanks again to Burke for gracing us with great cocktails, good stories, very insightful shit. And thank you to listening for listening to us for however long this nightmare has been. We appreciate you so much. I'm Spencer. I'm Caleb. We'll talk to you next time.